Blog Talk Radio. I am your host and your fearless leader for the next hour. Today's an abbreviated show. Got a lot going on today that I'm really excited about. Uh, But for the next hour, I will guide you through the world of sports. Standing by in the balance green room is Adam Jebedan, our uh, college football co-pilot. Going to help us break down the college football action. Super Super Buckeyes fan, super duper duper Cavs fan. And a uh, super Browns fan. So, lots to talk about, a lot on tap today. Uh, and I'm really excited to talk some college football. Also, it is uh, week three, week four. Man, time flies. Uh, our Colts got a win. Of course, I'm, I'm a homer for the Colts. Uh, we're located here in Indianapolis, high atop the Balance Studios on the west side of Indianapolis. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Colts got a win, and what a great win it was over a mammoth team. So we're going to talk about that with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com. Certainly Fly Eagle Fly. They're having their own special season going on, and, and we've talked about it on this show. And right now, I have no reason to change that, that the, that the Eagles will be going to the uh, Super Bowl. So we'll see. We got a lot, you know, uh, we've got a lot to happen between now and then, that's for sure. But – you know, it gives us it gives us something to to chat about. My name is Tom Mark with El Presidente. We'll be right back on the other side with College Football Saturday. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. 
morning face you get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're my eyes. moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lequa Pique, which of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they, Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Official college football co-pilot and super Browns fan, super Buckeyes fan, and super duper duper Cavs fan, Mr. Adam Jevedin. Happy Saturday to you. How are you? I'm doing good, Tom. How are you, man? Man, you know what? I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. And you know, I, I, I'll go ahead and let the cat out of the bag here. You know, you know what? What's what cat? I'm getting ready to let out here. But I, I you know, I'm excited about this. I'm, I, I. You know, this has been going on over the last few months. So that I found out in uh, through uh, just a long story, but I found out through a uh, 23andMe ancestry thing uh, that I have a daughter, and she's been looking for me since she was 13 years old. The story is amazing. Uh, I mean, it's book worthy. It's a, it's a movie worthy. But at the end of the day, we finally confirmed that yes, I took the DNA test. That yes, I'm the the father. She lives in Missouri, and she came uh, to Indianapolis last night. She'll be here today and leaving tomorrow. Uh, and just had an opportunity to meet her, uh, go to dinner. Uh, Adam, you know Rick's Boatyard. Yes, sir. It's right down the street from where I live, so I passed it. Taking I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that you were that close there. Cause you were real close to me. For some reason, I thought you lived somewhere else, but that's either here or there. I digress. So anyway. 
super exciting day for me. Uh, so right after this show, we're going to be hooking up and going to get some more food, and we're going to go down to the track. She's never been to Indianapolis, so we're going to go down the track and go through the museum, and uh, we'll just see how the day the day plays out. So pretty cool story. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I think so. Well, you're a dad, you know. <laughs> and you, I, I, you know, I, yes. The, the the jokes are always the jokes, but you know I spent some time in the army and this the day before that I got a call from her, from well actually from my son and the, again the story got, we don't want to spend the whole time but basically my son contacted me said that this person is trying to contact you contact them the day before that uh, we were at a baseball game with uh, Melissa's uh, colleague and her husband and he was just talking about hey I would have been a good uh, baseball player I like playing in college and some but I didn't buckle down and you know, I partied and this and that and the other. I sold my wild oats. And I'm like, believe me, I know what it's like to sell my wild oats. I mean, as far as I know, knock on wood, and that I've only got the one child <laughs> the next day. So there's no more joking about that any anymore. Uh, all right, let's get on track here at the balance. Uh, it's college football Saturday. I know there's not a lot to talk about with the Ohio State Buckeyes. But we always like to give you the, the Buckeyes their – their moment in in the in the spotlight for the week, and we start our college football off with that. Go ahead, Adam. What what's going on in Buckeye Nation? Yeah, I mean we play Rutgers, and what that means is we'll probably win like <laughs> fifty two to thirteen or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just yes. Uh, Rutgers every year, um, every year we play them um, because they're in the same division, and it is. It is one of the biggest divisional butt whoopings um, in the Big Ten every year, and I don't see any reason it should be any different this year. Um, Ohio State right now is just playing at a at a level different than really most other teams in college football, except maybe Georgia. Um, I don't even want to put Alabama on that plane right now because of <laughs> right. how Alabama plays Texas. Um, and, and I think we've seen after Texas Tech lost to, or after Texas Tech beat Texas, excuse me, uh-huh. I don't know that Texas is fit. Um, I, I could see Alabama losing today, um, as we'll probably get into later, um, or, or losing to like a Tennessee team. Um, mm-hmm. Alabama this year just doesn't have some of the offensive firepower that they've had in the past. They've got a great defense led by probably the best defender in college football, but they just don't have the same forces um, on offense that they've had in the past. So, but I expect Ohio State, like I said, 52-13. to 13. Jackson Smith, Jigsaw, I don't think is going to play. They're just sitting him out really until it matters. Um, but C.J. Stroud is going to further cement his status as the number one uh, candidate for the Heisman Trophy, which I yep. fully frankly expect him to win, um, unless, you know, barring injury. Um, so I, I just think the Ohio State train is going to keep on rolling to next week. Well, here's the thing about Stroud. I totally 100% in that camp. One thing I don't like about the way they decide who's going to be the Heisman Trophy winner, they look at how you've played in the last three games and, and, and the quite reality of that. Uh, and and yep. you, we could go example after example after example. So depending on how he plays in the last three games, he'll get the Heisman Trophy. Do, do you disagree yeah. with that? That ideally, yeah, I, that's too big of a word. That no, I mean, we've seen so many players. <laughs> yeah, we've seen so many players cement it in the last three weeks. Um, and I, I just, this is the best offense in the country, which is why 
I don't know that anybody's going to slow them down. The question this entire football season for Ohio State has been, is the defense gonna, has the defense improved enough? And thus far, the answer is a pretty strong yes. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think you're right. I'm not, I'm not certainly don't have anybody else in my mind that's going to be the Heisman Trophy. Well, here we go. We go into week five. Uh, Adam, you didn't do your homework, so hey, if I, if I didn't if I didn't choose the, the best top five games to go through, well, then you just have to do your homework next week, Adam. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's, week five. That's my apologies. We had a we had a no, schedule change. Uh, for 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 Oliver's uh, Friday, <laughs> uh, I guess no, it's totally fine, brother. You know I'm just rising you. So week five, college football schedule ready to kick off. Uh, so here's what we got. We're gonna go through uh, my top five games here, uh, and we'll we'll start in the Big Ten. Obviously, we're Big Ten territory. Uh, I'm an IU guy, but hey, you know I'm Big Ten. Hey, and uh, of course you're you're Ohio. But let's talk about Michigan at Iowa. Number four, Michigan. Um, yeah, you know, I think the fans of, of, of old-fashioned football, uh, Big Ten football anyway, will enjoy this uh, this clash of the, of the Titans, if you will. Uh, an elite Iowa defense against Michigan's battery of skill threats. I mean, they, they've got weapons everywhere. We're the team, as we uh, refer to them, the team up north. Plus, there's a real chance that we could see an upset. You know, Iowa is 5-1 and one at home, Adam, and, it, and in the last six games against AP top ten teams, Iowa's offense ranks 12th. Uh, worst nationally at 17 points per game. That's the, the 12 o'clock game on Fox. Uh, let's talk about number four, Michigan at Iowa. You know, I, really, this game comes down to this is less a matchup of Iowa's offense against Michigan's defense. Um, it's more a matchup of Iowa's defense against J.J. McCarthy, um, the quarterback, um, the Redshirt freshman, I believe he's either redshirt freshman or redshirt sophomore. I can't, or he's not, or sophomore. I don't remember if he played enough games last year for that year to count. Um, but uh, Maryland's defense last week made good things happen, but just couldn't get off the field um, against them. But it was there, like that game. Um, <laughs> that game was there for them. <laughs> What was that? Uh, that that was Oliver. <laughs> oh, okay. Confused. Fine. All right. So that game was there for the taking. They just, they frankly just missed out on opportunities. Um, we'll find it, buddy. We'll find it. Um, if Iowa can make JJ McCarthy confused, I think they have defense to shut down Blake Corum. Um, the, the running back for, as you mentioned, that team up north. Um, <laughs> I I think what they're going to do is they're going to say, we're going to try to shut down the run game and see if J.J. McCarthy can beat us with his arm because we don't know that he can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and could there be an upset? Yes. I don't know that Iowa can score enough points. We'll find it. Um, I don't know that Iowa can score enough points, if I'm being honest. I think this is going to be a mm-hmm. low-scoring game. Somewhere in the vein of like a, you know, 13 to 17, uh, 17 to 20. Should be like a couple touchdowns and a bunch of field goals kind of thing. <laughs> um, so that's kind of how I see it playing out. I do think that Jim Harbaugh and the Skunk Weasels win today. 
I I don't know that, like I said, Iowa just has enough offense to get over the hump. Um, so I think the top four, at least for the Big Ten portion of the top four, will remain the same. So I really think we're going to see any major upset in this Iowa-Michigan game. I don't. I don't think. I think it's going to be a nail biter. I think it will literally come mm-hmm. down to the fourth quarter. Um, mm-hmm. I think it could very well happen. From my prediction, I have Harbaugh pulling it out late. Well, we'll see what happens because that will certainly do a shakeup in the in the top twenty-five if they're uh, if Iowa does manage to upset uh, the team from up north. Number seven, uh, Kentucky at Ole Miss. I mean, a head-to-head matchup between two ranked SEC teams coming off hot four no starts, hoping to scratch together with some solid early wins in the SEC chase. Let's face it, that's that's the the baby of the committee, and the favorite child of the committee is the SEC. So, hey, if you're in the SEC, you've got to shine. You got to shine every week. Um, Chris Rodriguez is back for the running back position there uh, for Kentucky after serving his suspension. Um, so, I mean, he's certainly a uh, – uh, and then – cannot talk today. Will Levis, quarterback, uh, a lot of people think he's going to be going to the NFL, uh, but Kentucky at number 14 Ole Miss, which is uh, where uh, Eli Manning went to college, in case you didn't know or care. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Will Levis – has over the last couple of years propelled himself up to being potentially, I mean, will potentially be the number three uh, quarterback taken in this upcoming draft. He is one of those super seniors. So, and if you're not familiar with what the super senior is, um, every player in college football got an additional year of eligibility from the 2020 COVID season. Um, so mm-hmm. Will Levis is like, He's only nine months older than Justin Herbert, nine months younger than Justin Herbert. So, like, who's on his third NFL season. So, Levis has used the college experience to to his benefit. He has honed his game. I think he's really solid. Some people are saying, like, oh, he's the next Matt Stafford. No, he's not because he's he's old. Like, old rookie. He'd be a 24-year-old rookie quarterback. Um, next year. So he's probably a lot closer to his ceiling than, than a lot of these younger guys are. Take a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young um, that's just on their third collegiate season. Um, so Levis is good. This is the first major test for Kentucky in what will be um, a series of tough tests. Kentucky has Ole Miss, they'll have Georgia and Tennessee. And Tennessee has proven to be a lot stronger than a lot of people, myself included, anticipated going into this season. So I, I kind of expect this game um, to – to this is a tough one to predict, primarily because, like, this is a game that Kentucky – Kentucky hasn't been these – in a top 25 matchup, they haven't been favorites hardly ever in their program's existence. How are they going to start to take two – Mm-hmm. the added pressure that comes with that. We saw that happen last week with Arkansas. In the first half, Arkansas, like through the first uh, probably 25 minutes of that game last week against Texas A&M, Arkansas looked like they were going to blow the doors off the game. And then they had like a couple tough breaks in the second quarter, 
and they just could not regain traction. Uh, you could see as the game went on, the pressure was starting to mount because they were expected to win. At what point does that happen to Kentucky? And I think it could happen today. Well, we'll certainly keep our eyes on A lot of people are watching Kentucky. Of course, they're again in, in the SEC. Let's continue on with our SEC conversation. And, and you kind of talked about it a few seconds ago uh, when, we, when we started the, the show. But number two, Alabama at number 20, Arkansas. Uh, this was a seven-point game in, in the Tide's favor a year ago. And the Razorbacks already had lost one after a heartbreaker against A&M. Uh, so I tell you what, bring back Arkansas from last year. You're going to see Arkansas settle the score. I think this is going to be an exciting game to watch just because, I mean, ignore the number two and the number 20 and the, and the name Alabama. Ignore that completely. Arkansas is a team that can come in there and smash the mouth out of, of, the, of Alabama, you know, and, well, let's look at it like this. Elephants are afraid of mice. There's mice coming in to uh, – there's mice coming in. There's elephants coming into a mice stadium down at Razorback. That, that really did sound a lot funnier in my mind, but when it came out, I was like, okay. Yeah, I, I, I have still yet to figure out how Alabama has an elephant for a mascot. It doesn't, it doesn't match. I don't know. But that's the, I don't. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, I mean – Go ahead. You know this. I picked Arkansas to actually upset Alabama at the start of the season. Um, you did. Do I think it could happen today, even with the loss last week? Absolutely, I do. That has my opinion on Arkansas and the fact that they could upset Alabama has not changed, even with the loss last week. I think the loss last week was, frankly, they got up. They got up early. They started rolling. And they kind of started, you know, like like young kids do. They started feeling themselves a little bit, and then and then Texas A&M was able to respond. And at that point, Arkansas had kind of mentally like they had already probably moved on to Alabama. And then before they know it, they're in a dogfight again in the fourth quarter. Um, those are games that you learn from, and I. I'm still holding on my stance. This is not the Alabama team that we've seen the last couple of years that had Devontae Smith and Jamison Williams or, you know, some of these great running backs like Najee Harris um, uh, or Damian Harris, you know, who's starting for New England um, or obviously not like Derrick Henry um, or some of the teams even that had, you know, Jerry Judy um, and uh, – Oh, goodness, I'm spacing on the other guy's name that got into the car accident in Las Vegas. Um, but, you know, oh, yeah. there are – there are. this is not the, that Alabama team. There's not. Um, Arkansas plays in a fashion very similar to what we saw Texas do, and it gave Alabama fits, except Arkansas is even more physical. And I think I'm going out and I'm saying Arkansas gets the upset this week. I know, you know, there's a it, – it's it, anytime you pick against Alabama, it's all, there's always risk involved. So, like, <laughs> I'm putting it out there. I do, think, I do think Alabama takes the loss today and – and and what's going to be interesting is how this changes 
the scope of the SEC West. Um, like mm-hmm. for example, if if Texas A&M beat Arkansas, Arkansas beats Alabama, and then Alabama beats Texas A&M, how does that change the dynamic? Because I think it would make it it would make the road really hard for Alabama to get into the playoff this particular year without making it to the SEC championship game. I, I think that that's going to be really hard. Or if they do, they would get in at number four, which the only team ever to win from the number four spot are the Ohio State Buckeyes headlined in the first playoff <laughs> year by Urban Meyer and Ezekiel Elliott and that team that was loaded. So it definitely would change what's going to happen moving forward, you know, uh, and, and I, well, I think it's going to happen. Well, speaking of Urban Meyer, I mean, the rumor still is a, is a circle in that uh, he's going to end up in Nebraska. What do you thought? Yeah. I, I think dude, dude got a monster payout from his disaster in Jacksonville. And I, yeah. don't, I don't know that Nebraska is the job that he would want to come back for. Nebraska is a great name for college football historians. It's not a great name for college football in 2022. I, what's I mean, the love affair? What, what's the – 97 with, with Eric Crouch and Tom Osborne? What's the love affair with the media and Urban Meyer? I've yet to understand it. Okay, yes, he's a great accomplishment for Ohio State. Well, not just Ohio State. He did it at Utah and at Florida. I mean, realistically, you're talking one of probably the top, at worst, ten college football coaches of all time. I mean, that's just reality. Look at his record. Look at the number of championships he won. Mm-hmm. The reality, though, about Urban Meyer, and I'm saying this as someone whose who's dog is named Urban because of Urban <laughs> Meyer. Um, <laughs> the reality about Urban Meyer is unless he has a drastic change in philosophy, the offensive game of football has passed him by. And that's just what it is. It happens with every great coach. Um we're seeing that kind of in the NFL right now with, with Bill Belichick, if I'm being honest. Like, yeah, I totally Belichick agree. Like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's got one more final game here that I have on my list, and then we're going to shift gears over to NFL. Are you going to stick around for the NFL talk, Adam, or you got to go? I can go till 10-15. Roger that. All right, number 18, Oklahoma at TCU. Early returns on Brett Vanables. Uh, Brett Vanables. Uh, defense are mixed after a tough home loss to Kansas State with with really no answer for Adrian Martinez uh, and, and now going against a very balanced frog offense with Max Dugan at the helm. Uh, number 18, Oklahoma at TCU. We could see an upset here in, within this game as well based on what we saw last week. Yeah, you know, Oklahoma lost a ton of talent to USC when Lincoln Riley went west. Then Brad Venables came in, and they got a bunch of talent from the transfer portal. Um, so are they a mixed bag? Yeah, because I think that's what we've seen from the transfer portal is these teams that are having to lean heavily on the transfer portal. Every week it's almost like which one's going to show up, you know, because there's just not that 
there's not that program continuity yet that that takes time to build. I'm I'm going to be honest. I was never like, oh man, Brent Venables is the next. He's the next superstar coach. I I, I mean, Venables was solid, but and he was a really good defensive coordinator. But like, we had seen teams that that have similar matchups, like good offenses, come in and, and mess them up. Ohio State did it twice um, against his defenses that supposedly nobody could, nobody could, you know, score points on and stuff like that. I don't, I don't know. Do I think TCU could match up? Yes. I think TCU is starting to put together some – I think over the next couple of years, I think they will be able to start to put together some teams that can heavily compete – in whatever is left of the Big 12, um, especially once Oklahoma leaves for the for the SEC, and I think that's what that's what TCU is going to try to do. TCU and Baylor are trying to position themselves as the next conference big dog once Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC. I believe next season. We're talking with Adam Jividen. We've been talking with Adam Jividen, super Browns fan, super Ohio State Buckeye fan. Uh, super duper duper Cavs fan, our college football co-pilot, uh, sticking around with us and, and talking some college football with us today. So um, really excited to do that. We're going to be shifting gears to the NFL right around the corner. You said you can stick around for 15 more minutes or so. Ed Kratz will be joining us, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. We're going to be talking about the Eagles and their their fly to, fly Eagles fly into uh, uh, week number four. Of course, the Browns have the Falcons. We'll make sure we touch base with you on that, Adam. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. We're open, just pass the ball. 
Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. For unbelievable Geico video. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got me. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board. Do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Super Bucks fans, Super Browns fans, Super Duper Cavs fans. And as you know, we've been giving all of our team members walk-up songs. And this was the first time we've been able to play the walk-up song for Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, Thunderstruck. And uh, certainly Monster is Adam Jividen. So uh, love it, love it, love it. Uh, Ed, how are you doing, sir? Connecting the space. I'm bouncing off the walls, man. I love that walk-up song. That was great. That's great. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Ready to go. Hey, man, you guys are are, are rocking it out. Um, And uh, just really excited to to watch the Eagles play. So, Oliver, are you joining us today? (laughs) Here. 
Are you, are you there, Adam? Yep, I'm here. <laughs> did he say it's go Oliver home, Ohio State? What? Oh, okay. Did, did he say go Ohio State? No, no. He's he's building a puzzle, and he's trying to figure out where these pieces go. Ah, nice. Oliver, the the uh, spinoff of, of Adam Jividen. So, yeah, good. He's, he's always welcome on the show. <laughs> well, Adam, I know you, you got daddy duty, so we'll start with you in the home, uh, homework card, and we'll get to the Eagles here with Ed Kratz. But let's talk a little bit about the Browns and the Falcons. Uh, certainly the, the Browns certainly are, are, are doing well, what needs to be done. Uh, I, I'm just curious on, you know, a lot of different things. Let's talk just real briefly. Miles Garrett. I mean, he was in a pretty bad accident. Lucky to be alive. What are your thoughts on that? Did you hear about that? Yeah, I'm sure you did. I did. I did. I he yes, he got in a real bad wreck uh, in his Porsche. Um, Porsche. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's he's real lucky. He was going. I mean, not ex- super excessive. He was going like sixty-five and a forty-five. But they said he swerved mm-hmm. to miss like a deer, and then it just lost control on like some slightly wet roads. Um, and then it flipped a couple times. Um, they don't know if he's going to play. He said he's sore. He's just got like a couple like nicks and bruises and like, like a, a slight wrist sprain. More than likely, I think he's probably going to try to play um, and may just be limited like on a snap count. Um, I, this, game, this game for the Browns comes down to really, frankly, how well does the defense just get off the field? Um, we have seen this defense be incredibly inconsistent in the first half against both Carolina and the Jets. They looked awesome and then looked like crap in the second half. And then against the Steelers, they looked like crap in the first half and then looked great in the second half. Uh, so <laughs> I, it's a matter of what Brown's defense shows up. I think the offense is going to continue to play the way they have been, which is efficient behind Jacoby Brissett with Nick Chubb just running people over. Um, Kareem Hunt doing the kind of jump cuts and, uh, you know, backdoor reads off of, a, off of a tackle play that only Kareem Hunt can kind of make. Um, and then Amari Cooper making Amari Cooper type catches where he, you know, puts a move on a defender and jukes him out of his shoes because he's arguably the best route runner in the NFL right now. Um, I do think this is going to be a tough game, the, the, unless unless Corderell Patterson for the Falcons is not able to play. Uh, he is listed as questionable on the injury report, so if he's unable to go, uh, I think the Browns roll over um, Atlanta. If he can play, I still think the Browns win, but it's going to be another down to the fourth quarter. And they may have the time and not go allow a receiver to not be covered entirely on an 80-yard t- touchdown pass kind of thing. So that's kind of how I see it going. And I do want to point out how on the Eagles I was to start of the season. I just – and I'm just leaving that out there. You know what? I mean, we've been – we talked about it like preseason. I was all over the Eagles, and, 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 I'm, and I'm happy about that pick. Well, I, I think I kind of like your pick with the, with the Browns. Ed, what are your thoughts looking at the Browns uh, or at the Falcons? Certainly, if Miles Garrett can't play, that's going to be a, a big thing. And I, I would hope that they don't want to uh, push that too much. It sounds like he had a bro- uh, broken uh, eye socket is, is what I saw on Twitter. Uh, but 
I'm no doctor, but burst blood vessel. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank yeah. you, Dr. Adam. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Ed, what are your thoughts on, on, the, on the Browns at the Falcons? Well, you know, first let me say, you know, Adam, I thought about you when I saw uh, Tom's tweet promoting the show for today uh, when he said, you know, Adam Jibden and Ed Kratz joining the show. And I thought, you know, Adam was on the Eagles from the very first, you know, first time we talked this you know, preseason. You were, you're right. You, you you were on them, and um, it looks like you're you're right so far. You, know, you can't <laughs> can't do any better than three and right now. Uh, I just had someone ask me if I if I think they're going to the Super Bowl, and I said, man, I you know today's October first. I I can't really extrapolate that far into the future. I mean, there's a long season to go yet here, and you know the health. Of players, obviously, we saw it with Miles Garrett. What? A, thank God he's still, you know, alive. I mean, that Porsche I heard flipped over a couple times, rolled. He's nasty, and, yeah. And, uh, very, very, very blessed to still be here, I guess. But uh, you know, hopefully he can get back in the lineup soon. And you know, now I think Jadavian Clowney is uh, questionable for uh, the game against the Falcons too. And that's your, you know, two pretty good pass rushers there that you know you're not gonna. Uh, have possibly, um, but we'll see. But I mean, listen, the Falcons, you know, they're they're still running Mar- Marcus Mariota out there. They're still trying to figure out how to get Kyle Pitts involved, uh, which is sort of surprising um, that Pitts hasn't had a better start to the season. Um, and then I think the Falcons' defense is is a bit suspect. So, uh, you know, I I think listen, the Browns, the Browns would be three and zero if they didn't collapse to the, uh, against the Jets. Right. I mean, they, yeah. they would be right don't, there. Don't remind <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, but you know, that, that's fact, man. They would, they're, they're a good team. I mean, you know, two and one against the one and two Falcons team. I know it's down in Atlanta, but um, you know, that's a game, whether Garrett or, and Clowney are playing or not, that's a game that the Browns should, should figure out how to win. I mean, I, I like the way Jacoby Brissett runs the team. I mean, you know, he's obviously not going to be Deshaun Watson when Watson comes back, but, you know, he's, he's doing a pretty good job. And, uh, you know, I think the Browns, they should be three and one. I, I, I think they'll beat the Falcons. I don't know what the line is or anything, but I think they can go down there and get that job done with or without Clowney and, and or Garrett. Adam, I know you got to go. I appreciate you joining us. Any final words of wisdom, sir? No, I mean, I, I just uh, – I'm looking forward to what happens in the NFL uh, this year – or not this year, this week. I think this is the week where we start to kind of establish some rhythms over, okay, who are our contenders, who's maybe got work left to do. Um, I do think the Browns get the win over Atlanta. Um, I – I and, and 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 I think the other major thing that the NFL is concerned about is for the people that watch the game on Thursday night is how is Tua? You know, football aside, you see an injury mm. like that, and we hope that he can recover well. I I hope he's not out there next week. Uh, he needs, and that's not that's just concerned about a guy's health. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, everybody enjoy your fall, um, and uh, which is officially here. Um, Enjoy your slate of college football and NFL games, and we'll be back next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. You and Oliver have a great day.
Absolutely. Yeah. You guys do. All right, bye Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and Inside.com, our official NFL contributor. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing doing good. Doing real good. Loved my walk up song. I was really digging that. You know, like I said. <laughs> Love it. Ready to go. Love it. Well, yeah, you know, and I, I talked about this earlier on and, and I know you know about this, but you know, I, I've got a big day playing today too, but you know, yeah. story that I, I'm just excited to talk about. You know, it, too much to tell in 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 the, in the short period of time. So, but but long story short, uh, I have a daughter. Uh, she has been looking for me, not knowing it was me, but looking for her real father since she was 13 years old, and she came across the 23andMe test. Took the 23andMe test. Uh, and there was a lot of variables that came together after that um, that don't need to get into. But, you know, there were some questions that weren't being answered by her mom that finally got answered. Not, nonetheless, nonetheless. Um, so she uh, c- contacted me through my son. And that was about three months ago, I guess. And, you know, at first I was very standoffish about it. So but I went ahead and took the test. Uh, we We... We didn't want to say anything until we got the results back, but the results came back this past week, and it's official. I have a daughter that I never knew that I had. Had a great opportunity. She surprised me on the other day and said, hey, I'm going to be driving into Indianapolis. Don't try to tell me no. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Uh, I'll put everything together. So uh, she got in town last night from Missouri. We had a nice dinner out of Rick's Boatyard here in Indianapolis on the marina there. Uh, it was it was just great to be able to meet my daughter, and the the way that that we connected is is just unbelievable. So she's in town today, so we're going to spend the day. And she's never been to Indianapolis, so we're going to go get some pancakes uh, here after the show, and then we're going to go down to the track, and we're going to go through the museum and take a a tour around the track so she can see that. And we got some other things on the agenda today too. So yeah, I just you know needed to share that again. <laughs> It's a, it's, a great, it's a great story. It's a really, really, you know, heartwarming story. I love it. Um, yeah. And, uh, you Thank know, you. It, was a, it was a great picture that you sent me last night via text. I mean, that's just, uh, you know, it's, it's very much, it brings kind of a tear to my eye hearing it, you know, and seeing it. And, you know, after you all those years, man, it's just great. You're good. Like I said, man, you're a good man. and I'm happy for you. And, uh, I wonder what the statute of limitations is for sending out a box of cigars for congratulating you for having a dog. <laughs> Never ends for cigars, man. You, you send me cigars anytime. Well, let's get let's get back on track. Obviously, uh, the I, I want you guys to help settle a score with me with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they're coming into uh, Philadelphia. Let's make them feel warm and welcome in the city of brotherly love that only the home field advantage with the Philadelphia Eagles who are going in 3-0 and and, and expect to be 4-0. Trey Sermon, uh, running back, fourth pick, he seems to be the guy this week. Uh, first of all, is there going to be a sermon preached this weekend? I had to do that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, I think I think he'll have a little bit of a role. Um it becomes even more interesting if Miles Sanders, he was listed on the injury report this week with a hip injury on Wednesday, but he's been a, and he was limited on Wednesday with this hip, but now Thursday and Friday, he's been a full, full go, but you never know if it crops up in the, in the course of the game, that leaves you with Kenny Gainwell and Trey Sermon. So uh, mm-hmm. if Sanders stays healthy, I think Sermon will have a, 
you know, maybe a five to 10 snap workload maybe. Uh, but, you know, I think they'll lean on Gainwell a little bit more. Um, and of course, Sanders will get the lion's share of the carries. Now the weather is not supposed to be real good tomorrow in Philadelphia. I think they're calling for, for rain and, and, you know, some heavy wind or high winds, 15 to 20 mile per hour wind gusts. So, you know, it is, sounds like the sort of game that lends itself to running the ball and, uh, so we might see Sermon a little bit more than, I, than I'm originally thinking. And, of course, you know, when you talk about running the ball, you have to defend Jalen Hurts in that department too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the Jags have a good young defense, uh, very athletic defense. So they're hard to run against. I think they're top five in the league against the run. So uh, something's going to have to give tomorrow. Uh, we'll see what it is. But, you know, Hurts uh, can beat you with his legs. Uh, and we'll see how they defend that. And Doug Peterson, listen, that's been kind of a big storyline, obviously, this week. It's mm-hmm. the return of their Super Bowl-winning head coach and uh, has the Jags in first place in the AFC South. And you have a big game, the Colts, tomorrow uh, with the Titans. But, uh, but yeah. We uh, do. Peterson knows Hurts. They, they were together. Hurts his rookie year. Uh, I asked Nick Sirianni about the familiarity he has with not only Hertz but the rest of the team and he said about Hertz he said well listen you know Hertz has gotten Hertz from two years ago isn't the Hertz today he's developed he's gotten better he's improved his game and, and he's right so how much familiarity is going to help Peterson I don't know um, we'll, we'll find out but uh, you know we'll, we'll see if Sermon play I think Sermon will have a pretty pretty decent role if it's raining and their Eagles are able to establish the run and he's a big guy man Trey Sermon's six yeah he is Two nineteen. I mean, he's a he's a kind of a back that the Eagles don't have. So he's something different to kind of take the wraps off and see what he can do, maybe between the tackles. So uh, the Singleton uh, uh, weave in Boston Scott at all in tomorrow's game? You think? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. What? It isn't Jamel Singleton the the running backs coach there at the Eagles? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. I, I just ask, is he going to weave in Boston Scott for any action tomorrow? No, Scott's been ruled out. He's got a rib injury. Oh, so has he's he? not okay. going to play. I didn't all. know. I saw that. Yeah, he was, no. uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, he, he's out. So Jack, also, also out. Another. This is a big one. Uh, is their cornerback, their slot cornerback, Avante Maddox, who is having a great start to the season. He had a great year last year. He earned a contract extension based on that year, and he's out. He's got an ankle injury. He twisted it in practice on Thursday. And, you know, Christian Kirk is, you know, he gets 65% of his snaps for the Jags in the slot. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Eagles approach uh, approach this without Maddox. You know, they have Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who they traded for at the end of August from the Saints. Now, he played mostly slot in New Orleans. Their Eagles are using him at safety. But, you know, maybe they bring in Chauncey Gardner to play the slot, and they bring in Kayvon Wallace to take some of the safety snaps that Gardner-Johnson normally would have. And Kayvon Wallace is a Clemson kid. Him and Trevor Lawrence are good friends. I talked to him in the locker room this week, and he thinks, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a you know great quarterback. He remembers the – story his freshman year when he saw Lawrence just flick the ball down the field during a practice 65 yards and he's like wow that kid's going to be something special and I I think we all kind of lose sight of the fact that you know because Lawrence really struggled last year and part of that was Urban Meyer probably all of that was Urban Meyer but you forget when this kid came (laughs) out he was the number one overall pick in the draft and he was a considered a generational talent and uh, he's certainly playing like it so far in these first three games 
He's Fabio's son. Sorry, I had to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Remember yeah, Fabio? Vision, man. You're going to have to deal with that guy for the next you oh, know, 10 God. years probably. So how's Philadelphia going to welcome Doug Peterson at uh, Philadelphia tomorrow? Uh, if it's not a standing ovation, I'd be pretty disappointed. Um, you know, they went – when Jalen Rager, their former first-round pick, came back with the Vikings on Monday Night Football, they booed him. Every time they saw him on the field, he got booed. And then, you know, Eagles fans took over Washington's FedEx Stadium last week to go boo Carson Wentz, and they did that. And, you know, <laughs> they booed the heck out of Carson Wentz too. So I don't think they're going to boo Peterson. I think they're going to give him a standing out. I mean, listen, the guy brought a Super Bowl championship to Philadelphia. You know, no coach has ever done that. And uh, as much as people gave Frank Wright credit for that Super Bowl victory, I think, that, you know, obviously Doug Peterson was the, the man at the, in the top seat. So – They'll cheer him, and then Absolutely. when the game starts, you know, and the, if the Eagles start losing and the game starts, and then, then maybe they'll start booing him. But I, I don't think they'd be booing him. I think they'd be booing the team if they fall, you know, start losing and they lose the game. But uh, Peterson will get a standing O. I, I'd be disappointed if he got anything less. Well, that, that's that's good. It'd be it'd be interesting to see that. Um, and, you know, speaking of Doug Peterson and Frank Reich, they had an opportunity to meet a few weeks ago. The result was not the way the Colts wanted it to the end. Uh, but in technicality, we didn't. We weren't 0 and 2 when we went in to last week's game. We were only 0 and 1 in technicalities. So if we're being technical, so now we're 1 1 and 1. Huge win last week against the Chiefs, and I'm going to tell you, my heart cannot take many games like that. I'm getting old, <laughs> but. God, I hear you. Throw yeah. that game away. Uh, it was not a pretty win, but do we need it? We need. Do we need a pretty win? I mean, even the ugly girls got to go to the prom from time to time. So <laughs> I'll take the win. Trust me, it's a W. So we're one, one, and one. Titans, divisional team, one of the toughest teams that we've played. They've had our number. Well, really, ever since Peyton Manning left, they're at home again. Um, the obligations that I talked about earlier. I'm not going to be able to make the game, but I will be watching it for sure. Uh, but the Titans come in at the Colts. Colts got a lot of momentum. They got to stay focused because if they can beat this divisional foe, that means in theory, with the records, the way things play out, we're ahead of Houston, which is not no big deal. Jacksonville leads the, the uh, division, so we got to deal with them. One step at a time. Colts have to beat the Titans tomorrow. What are your thoughts? Are you breaking down on this game? Yeah, and the Eagles would do you a huge favor if they find a way to beat Jacksonville and make them two and two, and then you win your game. You're two one and one. I, I believe that puts you in first place in the uh, AFC South. I, I believe. believe you. So that's why I said I need your help tomorrow, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, we'll see how it goes. But I mean, I like the Colts chances. I mean, to, I mean, that's a big win over the chiefs. Now you have to, like you said, you have to throw that one away. Right. And, and move on. You can't like start right. smelling yourself, and, you know, get all fat and happy <laughs> after a win. You know, you, you have to, you, you say know, smelling and, and listen, yourself. I love it. <laughs> you know, you have to, you have to put that in the past. And these guys are pros and they get it and they understand that, but that was a big, big win, obviously beating the you know, a Chiefs team that everybody thinks is going to wind up in the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, now come the Titans who are, are, are struggling. You know, they haven't looked like the same team 
they were last year, and, and I get it. You know, they trade away their best wide receiver, A.J. Brown. I mean, that's a problem. Uh, Derrick Henry has kind of struggled a little bit running the ball. You wonder at some point when he hits the wall and isn't as the Derrick Henry of old. I'm not sure he's there yet. I still think he can be an effective running back, but that's where obviously the Colts have to start on defense is stopping Derrick Henry and making Ryan Tannehill try to throw the ball uh, to the rookie Traylon Burks and, you know, whoever else they have. I know uh, Robert Woods, the guy they got from the Chargers or or, uh, the Rams rather this past off season, he hasn't really stepped up since they, they got him and, there was some talk that the Eagles might try to get him, but uh, never happened. He went to Tennessee, and he's not doing uh, all that well. So, you know, you, you don't want him to get better against your team. So you got to shut down the run, and then you have to protect uh, against the pass with Woods and, and Burks and, you know, try to get after Tannehill with your pass rush. And, and I think being a home game and, um, I, you know, it's an advantage Colts. I don't know what the line is, but, you know, I would think the Colts would probably be favored. And uh, I think they probably come out with a win. I certainly hope you so. Could be in, well, we don't you have time for a lot place. of game coverage. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You could absolutely. be in first place in the. You could be in first place in the AFC South by tomorrow afternoon. Hey, that'll, that'll cool Frank Wright's seat down just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When it, it makes changes happy, everything. Yeah. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You're right. Uh, so. You're right. So uh, uh, last game we got time for today because I'm on tight schedule, but uh, the the Vikings. Across the pond with the New Orleans Saints, um, always think it's funny how they how they designate the home team. I don't know how they go about doing that. It says you know Vikings at New Orleans, but it's in England, so it's not really in in New Orleans. I'm really disappointed with the Saints this year. I've already gotten rid of a couple players I've had with them on my fantasy team. I've dropped their the defense I had with them in one of the leagues. The Minnesota Vikings, yes, you guys got a beat with uh, a win with them, but they're two and zero, oh, and they're a tough team. And the Saints are one and two. And I don't know what the difference of playing in London is or not in London, but um, good thing is the game starts at nine thirty a.m. So when you when you wake up, get your coffee, boom, it'd be like watching being living on the West Coast and watching football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be on my way to the Eagles at uh, the Lincoln Financial Field, so I'll probably be listening to that one on the radio. Um, but uh, yeah, the Saints. Everybody loved the Saints coming into the year, and I didn't really, you know, I didn't quite get it. I mean, they have a new head coach who's never been a head coach, Dennis Allen. Jameis Winston to me is is uh, you know very average to below average quarterback. Uh, you know, so I didn't understand all the Saints love. I know they had make, Michael Thomas was coming back and Chris Olave was drafted and the offense was supposed to, you know, be a high-scoring thing. But I didn't quite get it. I know they have a good defense and they're one and two. But, you know, I, I thought they were kind of going to be like a 500 team, maybe a little below 500. And, uh, you know, the Eagles, of course, have their first-round pick next year. So here in Philadelphia, everybody's rooting for, a, you know, for the Saints to kind of you know, lose as much as they can. And then the Eagles have their first round pick next year and they have the Saints second round pick in 2024. So, you know, they want the Saints to stink. Um, The Vikings to me, people have asked who's the better team, the Jags or the Vikings. They're asking if this is the best team the Eagles are going to face this year, the Jaguars. And I thought the Vikings were a pretty good team. And I think they are a good team. I just think that the Eagles took advantage of some of the things they were doing. It was a tough environment to play in the home opener for Philadelphia 
I think the Vikings are good. I still think they're one of the best teams in the NFC, and, uh, you know, I think they'll beat the Saints. Uh, I just think that they're, you know, Justin Jefferson's targets are a little bit down. Their mm-hmm. teams are paying real good attention to him, but I think he'll find a way to, uh, to kind of step it up on Sunday, and I think the Vikings will win the game. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. Appreciate you joining us. Where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? You can find me on Twitter at K-R-A-C-Z-E, Kratz E, and then uh, at uh, my website is uh, SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. You can go more in depth with everything that we've written this week uh, is right there on that site. So, Tom, good luck to you today. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, Appreciate it. Can't wait to hear how how your day goes. Wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. You have a good weekend, sir. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. Thank you, Adam Jividen, our uh, college football co-pilot and cohort, uh, super uh, Buckeyes fan, super Browns fan, super duper Cavs fan, helping us break down some of the top five games of the week. Yes, we have an abbreviated show today, but uh, we'll get back on track next week. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. us next week for the balance in the meantime check us out on twitter t-balance or facebook the balance or online at www.thebalanceonline.com